up and throw it with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest tonight is David Azell. David, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, taking the time and a uh, little pre-chat before we, we turn the recorder on. It's just uh, I'm anxious to see what the uh, what, what magic you bring to our interview tonight. So tell us a little bit. Give us a little background. Who is David Azell? Sure. So I'm originally from Louisiana, uh, the northern side of Louisiana. Um, my background is more kind of in the digital marketing, design, creative, that kind of side. Uh-huh. Um, I've been in Dallas for about the last five years now. Um, and, you know, I've worked kind of in the marketing, creative side of technology, nonprofits, some industries like that, but mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be my own boss and run my own business. And <laughs> I think, you know, I've read countless books and books and books, and you always kind of find yourself not being able to relate to things where it just kind of came to that point where I was ready. You know, I, I, <clears throat> I had done enough different things. I had done enough game planning, hired a business coach. We were ready. And that's kind of where we are now. I mean, we're almost a full year into it. Um, so yeah, everything is, <laughs> everything is crazy every day right now. So give me the, give me the, the just the 30 second kind of time frame. I mean, so, so take us from say your time at Louisiana tech to the, to today. What's, what's been the quick progression? What, what jobs did you have in there? How did you get into what you're, what you're doing now? Sure. So, um, after Louisiana tech, I was in, uh, moved to Atlanta for a few years and I worked at a real estate company there. Did some digital marketing, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Was that your and major? Was that, that it, you studied that at Tech or? Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. Communication design, so it's graphic design, marketing, things like that. Great. Um, and the the real estate company that I worked for, they specialized in new homes, apartments, things like that. Mm-hmm. But then 2008, 2009 happened. You know, all the home industry kind yeah. of went south, and it was it was a blessing in disguise because then I moved back to Louisiana for a little bit. Um, I worked at United Way. Mm-hmm. I was their marketing director of mm-hmm. Northeast Louisiana. So a lot of different things. It wasn't a big organization there, but it was it was great from the standpoint of you got to wear a lot of hats. You sure. got to learn a lot of things, um, learn from people that had been there and really were doing it well, mm-hmm. you know, how to how to communicate, how to talk to people, just the way to kind of carry yourself. And right. that was great. Maybe a, people uh, from other nonprofits as well that were that were doing similar similar work you were doing. Yeah. You Go ahead. It. I'm sorry. No worries. Um, and then after that, I moved to Dallas. Like I said, I've been here for five years and I've worked in uh, and here I've worked in technology. Mm-hmm. So startup companies that are relatively larger size. Right. Um, and same same role, digital marketing, getting the word out digitally, things like that. Right. And, and that kind of brings us to about this time last year. OK. And that's that's kind of when you launched. Yes, sir. And so it's it's you. And I think on your website, I saw you've got a. A, a kind of a web guru, and then you also have a, a VA that looked kind of hairy. Yeah, our, v, our VA, she's her name's Kato. Uh, yeah, she's our a golden doodle, she, mine and my <laughs> wife. So she's she's awesome, you know. Anytime that you're stressed, she's always on her back, ready for you to rub her belly. It's so, <laughs> great. Um, you know, she may have been the best looking one of the three pictures I saw. <laughs> you're, so not right. not, <laughs> you're not lying. <laughs> so yeah, so um, it's myself for the most part. And then I have several contractors that are really right. good in certain areas. So my business is all digital and creative. We're really focused on branding, how to tell your story, helping companies do that. So that's 
you know, web, SEO, social sure. media, content, all of that. Um, so I work with a lot of contractors in multiple places mm-hmm. that one is really strong in social media strategy. One is really a great content writer, right. et cetera, et cetera. So we can kind of fuse those and bring all of those together based on the project. So let me, let me ask you, you kind of spurred a question as you were, as you were talking there. So if you can go back and say, look at maybe the last two quote jobs that you had, Sure. Was there something that that happened that triggered you wanting to step out on your own? Or did you just wake up one day and discover you got the entrepreneur gene and man, it's got to be exercised somehow <laughs> or the, some combination? As far back as I can remember. I mean, I remember before I even had a driver's license riding, you know, in Monroe, Louisiana, you know, going into town with my mom and we would swing by Books a Million and I would go and get Forbes or Inc. Magazine or small, you know, something wow. like that. And just yeah. flip through and then it would kind of go back to those people that I, it, it wasn't really relatable. Mm-hmm. I loved what they were doing and sure. I loved that thought process, but this was Silicon Valley and yep. I'm in Monroe. So yep. it's a, you know, it was tough, but I've always wanted to do it. Um, and then, yeah, some of these positions, like I said, they've really been beneficial in helping me to kind of build what I have. But I, it's just one of those things you just kind of wake up and it's like, yeah, it's, it's time to do it. Time to do it. It's not going to be a better time. Yeah. And you, you probably, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing here, I haven't asked you this question, but it's, you know, it is a leap of faith, but you, you also put some things in place to kind of make, you know, kind of as, as insurance, you know, Mm -hmm. where you maybe say, okay, I got to work on kind of the expense side of things. I got to reduce my expenses. I got to figure out how I can cut costs and and some, some things like this. I'll use contractors instead of hiring employees, I mean, all these things that kind of go through your mind as you're, and did you, did you do kind of a side gig thing before you, you jumped out on your own or kind of work night and weekend type thing or? Yes, you're, you're exactly right. So probably this time last year is when I officially started my business, Mm -hmm. but I still had my full-time day job working at a technology company here in Dallas. And it was just that it was nights, weekends, any kind of spare time. I spent that time finding a business coach, which anybody out there that's in this situation, find one because it's absolutely the best move ever. That's I'm going to ask you to unpack that, that in a minute. So go ahead and finish. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that that's somebody that is not afraid to get into the weeds with me. They're yeah. not going to tell me yes for the sake of that. Right. Um, but yeah, so getting a business coach, doing as many networking events as I could, going to as many things and planting the seeds and starting with some of those early customers, even just on some pro bono, you know, sure. projects, just so that I could get the experience and I could understand that process flow from, hi, my name is David to we have a deal and even further and even further to it's been a pleasure working with you yeah. all the way through. Yeah. And then my wife and I kind of talked about it. And, you know, once all certain things were established six months later, here we are. So did when you started, you said you started full time like a year ago, but the transition, say maybe around the first year, you kind of worked out of the former job and you kind of went th- this 24 7. Right. Yeah. The first of, the year of this year, 2018, right. January is right. when I left the corporate day job and went here full time. So what's been, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly short runway, but what would you say would be the, the virtually the highest high? that you've experienced really since January? What's, what's that, that one day, that one moment, that one transaction, that one 
you know, relationship that you can point to and say, wow, that, that, this is why I'm doing this. Oh, um, as, so in those first six months, mm-hmm. a lot of what I was doing was that relationship building and networking. Right. And after January, once I had launched full time, having some of those people that were integral to my business mm-hmm. that I could talk to about my business that knew what I was doing and were my brand advocates for me and were telling people about me yeah. because I had worked with them before. That was when it was, they're not just saying, Hey, hire David because his stuff is good. They really believed it. Mm. And I could really see them telling other people about it. And, you know, I mean, it's to me, that's the best marketing you can ever do is having somebody else tell your story for you instead of you doing it. Well, it's almost like they stop price shopping. Sure. Because, you know, you you're you're delivering so much value to them that they're like, you know, we know he's going to be somewhat in our in our affordable range. But right. You know, we're not going to we're not going to going to comparison shop anymore because we kind of found the person that we want to do, do the task that we we're asking you to do. So right. that, that's when you've, you've somewhat arrived, I think, as a as a service provider. Yeah. And it, and it feels good. Just a little bit of validation, right. you know, because as a solopreneur, when it's, you know, at most nights and you know hours are just you inside your own head. Am I doing this right? Am I not? You know, that can get kind of wonky if you don't kind of have some of that validation. And it's just a nice thing to to be able to have somebody else that's like, no, I, I believe in, in sure. this as well. You've done great stuff for me and I'm always going to tell people yeah. about you. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's nice. That's certainly, certainly affirming. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you to narrow this down to maybe one or two because I mean, okay. you may have a whole list of them as early stages as you are. But what would you say would be like maybe your biggest two pain points or obstacles that you've encountered <laughs> since you first started? Oh, so right now, every month is like that. I mean, it just is. Kind of the cyclical you know, nature of revenue. Absolutely. <clears throat> Everything, you know, um, and you, you kind of find out what, what months business is good and what months you, it's hard to get in touch with people. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the hardest one is just managing everything because, you have to not only do sales, marketing, <laughs> everything else, <laughs> QuickBooks, all of it. Trash cans. Everything. <laughs> right. Making the coffee, all of it. But you also have to do the work. And, you know, my business is called the Lanyap Group, and that means a little something extra. So that's always what we strive to do. Mm-hmm. So it's making sure that I don't put the cart before the horse a little bit. You know, yes, we always want to keep the projections going up, but those people that we're working with, I mean, they, we, I want 100% focus on unbelievable work all the time. Yep. And then even after the case. So it's just figuring out where to, how to manage that time. The best. Right. So what would be another one other than, I mean, that, that's a, that's a big one. That's pretty all encompassing, but, but what, sure. what's one that's a little more granular, a little more specific and say, okay, this one, I, yeah, I just keep banging my head on the, on the wall against this one. So, <clears throat> um, let's see. I would probably say, I'll probably say figuring out what some of those strengths versus weaknesses are, mm-hmm. you know, and figuring out how you can get somebody else to leverage that yeah, or whatever that case is. Like when I found my CPA to help me with that, that is not in my wheelhouse at all. That, sure. My brain doesn't think that way. So instead of trying to 
you know, figure every single thing out, know as much as possible, but then hire somebody else that I really trust and that I know they know everything that there is to know about a certain subject and kind of keep going. It's, it's kind of picking those battles a little yeah. bit. So how do you follow up that, that question a little bit? So how do you determine <clears throat> which services you're going to kind of outsource and delegate versus the ones you're going to keep? I mean, especially as early as it is and as cyclical as your revenue is right now, sure. I mean, all of these come with a cost. So how do you how do you kind of, you know, I think this would be really interesting for our listeners to, to hear sure. kind of how you process this and uh, you, you kind of understand that, frame the question well or? Sure. Um, so we know what our sweet spot is. Mm-hmm. I mean, our business is all about branding, marketing, helping you tell your story to that in person. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that falls out of the realm of that, then I have no problem saying, let me find somebody that can do the job better. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yes, we never want to say no to business, but I also know what our sweet spot is and I know where we need to be for that. Right. So yeah. when it comes to something like that, I mean, I have contractors that are kind of just built in for that exact exact framework to mm-hmm. stay in what we do well. If it's hosting servers and all of that kind of stuff, if somebody needs it, that's not our specialty. Right. I don't, you know, it's we just kind of stay within our wheelhouse and we want to be known for that one thing as opposed to being a Walmart where they have 50 different things. Sure. We want we want to stay right there within it. And I, I think, you know, one thing you, you touched on right then, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth. And if I'm chasing this too far, no here, but the idea that that you you said, OK, if we stay within our wheelhouse and I have contractors that I know are going to fill those specific things, then you can also kind of build that into, you know, your cost estimate as well. If you know, I mean, it's, it's a replicable, you know, model. You got you it. Say hey, every time I know it's going to cost me this amount of money. I know they're going to deliver in this time frame you know, this you quality it. of work, that type of thing versus saying, you know, well, I need somebody to do my accounting this month and next month I'm going to have somebody clean the office and I got to have somebody, you know, doing, you know, my social media. I mean, it's, it's almost like just this hit and miss, um, right. you know, approach, but it, I, I really like the way that you're, you seem to be, I mean, you've got a, a fairly broad range of services within the kind of digital space, you know, branding, SEO, that type of thing. But sure. It, I mean, as you grow, it looks like that, that you're going to focus more and more, you know, on really where is your wheelhouse and maybe even by industry or maybe even by, you know, um, absolutely. Whatever I mean, and, that. We, and we focused a lot of what we're doing right now, just in two different verticals. That way we can spend, all of our time talking to those two verticals yeah. and not trying to talk branding marketing to construction companies, banks, automotive yeah. dealerships, because that, those are all three different messages. Sure. We have those two verticals and they have a little bit of overlap, which makes it a little bit easier. And while we chose those mm-hmm. two and that's kind of where we stay, you know, year, in two years, if we notice that there's another vertical that is perfect and it lines up, great. We'll explore that. But right Right. now we try to, that's another great thing that my business coach said in our very first meeting was getting super clear, Mm -hmm. crystal clear about your audience, about your goals, about everything tangible, your office. What does it look like? The people that work for you, what do they do every day? Mm. You know, what's hanging on the walls? Because the more that you can envision it and you can see it, you know where you're going. Now you just have to reverse engineer getting there. Yep. And it makes the sh- decision making easier. If there's another opportunity that comes along, but it deviates from your path that you're going, 
maybe it's not worth your time. Mm -hmm. You know, it just makes really focus. Instead of saying, I want a successful company, well, that's great, but define that. I want right. to have some employees, that's great, define that, you know. So do you, are you feel comfortable sharing those verticals? Sure, absolutely. So we work in therapeutic healthcare and education. Um, my wife has been in kind of the, the therapeutic business development world mm -hmm. for a long time. And so when we met, that was kind of a lot of our circle, you know, a lot of people in that industry and some of the, some education, things like that. So just in seeing them, they do such amazing work. Yeah. And it's they have such that powerful story to tell. But I noticed a lot of times they market the same way mm -hmm. because marketing is kind of this bag that they bring along with them. And they just plop it down and it's like, oh, we got to do something. Let's do whatever our competitors or this successful company down the road is doing. Mm -hmm. As opposed to telling their own story, which can't be replicated by anybody because it's theirs. So, it's, I mean, and it, there's so much fun to work with, you know, because you get to tell their story. You get to see it impacting in real life situations. Right. And, I mean, there's just so much to be done with them. Now, this is like primarily... Physical therapists, occupational therapists. So a lot of those in private practice, mm -hmm. um, mental health therapists. Um, okay. Yeah, music like therapy. I mean, sure. I had a friend I, that was a music therapist that I, I didn't even know that existed. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> I know. We learn all the time that there are different outsets of it, but yeah, yeah. So as we as we kind of transition here, um, I, I'm going to circle back on the business coach at, near the end, sure. but uh, I just want to kind of drill down a little little deeper and, and get inside your head here. And so, so I mean, I'm really anxious to hear your answer on this one. So okay. tell me who is one person online that you, that you just wake up every day and say, man, that's, that person is my inspiration. Oh, easy. Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> easy. I, I'm afraid Gary V is, is winning the, <laughs> the tally sheet. Um, He's winning. I mean, it's yeah. not G-rated, but uh, the G for Gary V does not stand for G-rated. But it's certainly yeah. he is he is an amazing guy. I mean, just the yeah. you know, is there anybody more focused no, on the planet? And, Maybe Michael like, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, and and kind of like we were talking about previously, you know, so many times I remember as a teenager, you know, I'd read Forbes or Inc. and all of those small company and all that or fast company and. All of these stories of these entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley were just so unrelatable to me. They were, I got a computer at eight years old. I took it apart. I got an internship at Google. I went to <laughs> MIT. I dropped out at 17 and I built Yahoo. Yeah. That's not. Sold out at 25. Any, yeah. That's not anything <laughs> close to what was really going on or what my level was. But that's what Gary Vaynerchuk kind of does for me is he brings it down and it's like, all you have to do is have vision and a focus and go. There is nothing saying you have to be at this level or this level. Yeah. Just find out what that focus is, pinpoint it, and go for it. I mean, what he picked, I mean, that's kind of this wine TV yeah. niche. I mean, <laughs> that's not one that if you sat down and just kind of jotted down on paper that you would yeah. probably come up with as my life passion. Totally. You know, I mean, it is, it is such a... a an interestingly unique, you know, niche. And, and it's like, you know, man, I can, I can come up with a whole lot of things, sports, I can come up with you I know, know. Just the digital space, but I know well, it's so, so interesting that he's just really made that. I mean, just a rocket ship, you know, based yeah. on what he's done. So, yeah, I mean, his, his father 
you know, they're immigrants and his father had a, a liquor store in somewhere in New York, I believe. Yeah. And, and Gary V just, you know, he worked there on the weekends mm-hmm. every single day. And then he just found kind of a, a new way to do it, knowing yep. that the internet was going to be this thing that just kind of took everybody by storm. Yep. And he was smart about it and never looked back, I guess. Probably worked there illegally when he was a teenager. Probably. Or years. Yeah, 12-year-old. <laughs> right. <laughs> Running the cash register in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, uh, do you have like a, a life quote that – that you really, you know, you got taped up on the wall, you got it on your laptop, whatever you think. This is this is kind of if I had a mantra, this would this would be it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's one. I mean, I have, I mean, Gary V has tons of quotes. You know, mm-hmm. I have them on my cell phone, and I change them out weekly. Where it's mm. all kinds of things, just kind of depending on where I am in the process of. Mm-hmm my own mental state and capacity and everything else going forward. For <laughs> That's that what they're good for. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's so much about patience. That's mm. been my hardest thing is I know where I want to go and putting everything and making it that crystal clear vision makes it a reality in my mind, but I, I want to be there tomorrow and I know that yep. that's not possible. So it's patience, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, like an overarching life goal, probably not, or a quote, probably mm-hmm. not. Like I said, they they honestly change every week because one week it's all about focus. The next week it's patience. The next week it's take a break and spend time with those around you. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, right now, I mean, things. it's so hard to kind of get out of the weeds yep. and to get back up to that 30,000 foot view and really survey the landscape. Yep. So... Yeah, like like I said, I mean, they <laughs> I change them out all the time. I find those that they grab, and I'm like, no, oh, that's going to be great for <laughs> two weeks from now, and hold on to it. I want to make you like a Yoda meme that says "Patience, Young Jedi," and I'm going to send that to you for your phone. I so totally need it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love that analogy of you know I'm in the weeds. I got to get back out of the weeds. I mean, but right now, buddy, I mean, you you are such an early stage startup. You gotta you gotta come to work with a machete. All I mean, time. you know, you're just you're just hacking stuff. I mean, you're all just hacking it down, and because it's it, you're you're you are kind of a jack of all trades in so so many ways. And even yeah. if you've outsourced some things and said no to some things, there's still so many things that you know, two, three, five, ten years from now, you know, you're going to have people that are going to do that for you that you know that you're currently doing now. So right, it is. Uh, it, it's interesting times, and I, I mean, when I circle back with you in six, twelve months, it's going to be fun to to see the yeah. see the transition and, and what's gone on. But I want That's you it. to instead of looking forward, I want you to look back. So okay, go back to go back a couple of years, go back a year, whatever you want to go back. But but just before you started your your own thing, so what is one piece of advice that you would have you would give yourself now that you think, man, this would have made my life so much easier if I would have known this from day one. It's so cliche, I feel like, in this business, but it's start earlier. I mean, wow. I kind of feel like it was the exact right time for me, mm-hmm. you know, because I had worked at different places in different industries, all kind of in that digital marketing space. Uh-huh. And those kind of prepared me and gave me the wherewithal to understand client relationships and how to handle projects right. and everything else needed. But that fear can be crippling when it's like, I'm going to leave something that's stable yep. and jump out of my own. Yep. But it's really not. I mean, it, game planning it ahead of time, Sure. having that business coach, having some, build in some of those metrics of I want to hit this 
month or I want to hit this much monetarily mm-hmm. in December. And if that happens, we're doing it. You know, and it you don't wake up that first day and say, oh, crap, it's 9 a.m. What do I do? <laughs> you just do, this, you you just do, do the same stuff you were doing last night at midnight. It's yep. not any different. You planted the seeds. You know where you're going. You don't just wake up and hope that it works right. because that's never going to work. So, I mean, if I could tell myself something else, it would have probably been just start earlier. Yep. Just jump, you know. So I'm gonna take a little segue here. I've got this this uh, this little mantra that that I I mean my 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 degree in at university was in economics. So awesome. I mean I really love that just the whole idea, the theory behind money, and and markets, how markets work. And so I've got this little little thing about you know say capitalism versus socialism. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at both of them, and and so. I think sometimes our society is a mix of those two things because, but in a, in a perfectly free market capitalistic system, the two things that an entrepreneur has to have exist. And in my mind, the two things that they've got to have is they've got to have the fear of failure and they've got to have the reward of their success. Right. And so when you were talking about, you know, when I get up at nine o'clock in the morning, I just do it. I mean, because you're, you really are driven by those two factors. The factor of, if I don't do it, I'm going to fail. I'm going to starve to death. <laughs> Nobody's going to pay my bills. Right. But if I do succeed, there will be a reward for that. And it's not just, I'll feel better about myself because I did it on my own type thing. But it really is, uh, you know, kind of a recompense for, for working hard. And sure. when you're working for a company, there's always limits on that. You know, there there's such a small band that you can affect virtually either way. I mean, we've all worked for companies, you know, you've had sure. poor performers and high performers and the difference in their compensation is minimal, you know, I, so you'd like remove that incentive. So I love the fact that you, you know, you, when you touched on that about, you know, you just get up and you just do, I mean, you really just do it. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, that's exactly what it is. You know, you, there are some months I remember a Wednesday like three months ago where there were three different projects that I had been this close to closing. Mm-hmm. You know, we had planted the seeds, watered. I mean, it was weeks of correspond. I mean, they were right there. And then one, the their board doesn't meet that month. So let's mm-hmm. connect next month. One, Hey, I think we're going to go a different direction. Connect later. One, Hey, we're going to take the summer off. All of our employees are out of town. Let's follow up in September. And it's just like that one day. And, you feel that because it mm. does feel like that failure because you're a one man army yep. and you can only do so much. And yep. these three plants that you've been watering daily, daily, they just, they're not going to work, you know, but you just can't let that linger. You have yep. to wake up that next day and say, nope. And, and keep going next, you know, and, and, and that's, that's <laughs> yep. hard. Yep. That's hard because you, I think just in human nature, you want to just kind of sit there and feel bad for yourself and this didn't work, but you don't have time for that. Sure. You know, but because you're on your own, you have that driver behind you. I mean, if you're, if you're an employee, you know, you're the, where the company survives is probably not resting solely on your shoulders. You know, you're probably one small piece of, and I'm not, I'm not giving workers a disincentive around the world. So you're right. Hear that listeners. (laughs) <laughs> but it's just a different, it's a different environment. It's just a different world. So it let's, is. let's touch real quick before we wrap up just on this, on the business coach, how did you determine, um, 
that you needed to use a business coach? How did you determine how to find one? Because I mean, that, that question comes up, you know, often in, in people sure. that I encounter in, in our podcast and other, other spheres. But how did you make that decision? Um, so whenever I was just getting started, I mean, right out of the gate, I had like one or two pro bono clients just to get sink my teeth into something. She's actually used to be the founder of the company my wife used to work for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had been in kind of a founder role capacity for a long time, but now business coaching and she's an entrepreneur from the work. Sure. She's always into things. She's I mean, she has a motor on her like I yeah. mean, crazy just all the time. Mm-hmm. But she's unbelievable. And when my wife suggested that I, I talk with her, I mean, our first meeting, it was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And when we started, because it was still in its infancy, I mean, we met every single Tuesday morning and she would say, you know, what do you have to get done by Friday? Because I would always kind of have that tendency to look further into the future of let's make a YouTube channel. Let's do all this and all this. And she's like, that's great. And we'll need that at some point. But what do we have to do to close the sale by Friday? Mm. I mean, let's get to it. What, how much money are you making? What are you charging? What do you? You know, we worked through everything, and she wasn't afraid to tell me, "Hey, that's not going to work. You won't be able to survive doing that." Right. And then once I jumped, and we did, and things started to get a little bit more—I don't want to say autopilot, but they started to get a little bit more kind of methodical, and mm-hmm. one after another after another, we backed off to once every other week, and that's where we are now. And I mean, you should see, like in our in our house, we have this big sliding glass door. After every single meeting with her, I mean, I have. A dry erase marker in that window <laughs> is covered, just covered in stuff, you know, because I'm one of those that I, I can't sit still. Yep. I'm having to like bolt myself down right here. <laughs> I just can't sit still. So on the phone with her walking around, you know, writing things on the on the window. But but yeah, I mean, find somebody else who is not going to be afraid to tell, you no, mm-hmm. but also will get into your into the weeds with you. Right. And somebody that you can contact and say, Hey, I am stuck. I don't know what to do. And yep. and that they'll be there for you because you know, we're all, we're all doing it together, figuring out as we go. I mean, I'm definitely not the best business person there is, but you, you always learn, you, you read things, you watch other people that are where you want to be and you try to model what you're right. doing after them and you learn some of their failures, mistakes, successes, and we're all kind of doing it together. Did you ever uh, reach over there and just kind of pull on her hair, make sure she's not Gary Vee in a wig or something? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, there sound like there's some similarities there. I know. I know. There, there really are. I know. Um, That's funny. And she, and she knows that, you know, Gary Vee is, is my, my guy. But, yeah. uh, but she's like, even Gary Vee wasn't Gary Vee in six months. Oh, that's true. She was like, he was at Wine TV for, you know, years and years. And, yeah. and then I had never heard of him until what, two years ago mm-hmm. when he really kind of hit that, right. that point. So it's good. It, you just have to keep doing the same motions, repeated, 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 doing awesome work, going above and beyond for your clients all the time, putting them first, and everything else will take care of itself. And it's it's just not getting that cart too far before the horse. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't look at it as a company with 30 employees because I'm not ready for that yet. You know, there would be I, things yeah. that I would be terrible at. So you have to enjoy the process as you go. And again, we go back to, I need patience. So that's I, what I, I mean, I, I, I love the, the way she kind of wrapped that up. And I mean, it was funny a minute ago, you were, you were talking about, man, I have to like strap myself down the chair. So 
when I did the very first interview for for Rising Tide, so I have a little standing desk here, and I didn't have a stool that or a chair that I sat on. So I'm sitting here doing the interview, and I'm doing my best Stevie Wonder imitation, you know, the, the whole time. And I got, you know, I got it and watched the video back, and I thought, man, I just made myself car sick just, you know, watching this Rocky. So I have to get something to, to kind of hold me in place Both here. So that's right. That's right. Well, David, yeah. let's let's, uh, man, I hate to wrap it up, but uh, I, I just want to kind of kind of close it and and just give you a chance to. Awesome. To if there's anything that I haven't asked, you know, touched on, ask you about that you want to just kind of wrap it up with, and then also tell people where they can find you. Sure. Um, no, I, I want to thank you again for the opportunity. It's it's been great. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's just that whole constant thing with entrepreneurship. It's so I remember when I first jumped, and I would tell people that you know, yeah, this is my first week out. People are like, oh man, is it? Are you are you nervous? And you're going to get that kind of stuff yeah. and you're going to have that inside, but just make as much of a plan beforehand mm-hmm. as possible. Get those ducks in a row beforehand because then whenever you get ready to go, it makes it that much easier. And you're not trying to find out all of those answers on day one when day one yeah. should be spent focused on your business. You know, you're, you've kind of done some of that upfront legwork. Um, but yeah, you can, our website is the lanyapgroup.com. That'll be on and the show notes. Yeah. Awesome. And as, as we said, lanyap is a funny word. It's a South Louisiana Cajun word has G's and P's and all kinds of other crazy <laughs> letters that don't need to be there, but we've kind of taken the phonetic spelling. So it's L-A-N-Y-A-P, but it means a little something extra. It's like if you go to the bakery and get a dozen donuts and you come home to find 13, that's lanyap. Yep. It's a little something extra. So that's what we always focus on is to deliver more than what you thought you were going to get and to be that sounding board and that catalyst for our, for everybody that we work with. Well, folks, just, uh, I encourage you to go to the website and, uh, you know, click on the about page and, and just read a little more about the history, about the, the, the story behind the Lanyap group. And like I said, you'll see that good looking picture of the, uh, of the virtual assistant golden doodle down there at the bottom right <laughs> and show Kato some love that's that's right. show, show the dog some love and and uh you know just uh, to, as we wrap up just to steal a line from from his business coach that that uh david mentioned earlier just to ask yourself the question listeners so what do you have to get done by friday what a great question what a great question to wrap up our episode and and listeners, it's your turn to take these lessons and, and put them in play in your own, put them in practice in your own in uh, your own endeavors, but also to offer feedback to this show about the pain points that he mentioned, because we want to join together and cause all boats to rise in a rising yeah. tide. David, thanks That's a lot. It. Appreciate you. Of course. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. 